You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome into another edition of From the Podium. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief at ArrowheadPride.com. And we continued on with Chiefs training camp on Saturday with four more press conferences. Offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, wide receiver Tyreek Hill, defensive end Alex Okafor, and offensive lineman Andrew Wiley spoke to the media. We will bring you Bieniemy and Hill. We'll take a quick break and then we'll hear from Okafor and Wiley on this From the Podium. So let's get started. Here's Chiefs offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. All right, here we go. Uh, good morning. I hope that everybody's remaining safe and staying healthy. Uh, just want to let everybody know just to start this off, it's good to be back here in the building with the players and the organization, and it feels good to be back, getting back to football and doing what we do best, and that's just chopping wood. So if anyone has any questions, please start us off. Let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Eric, thanks for taking some time with us today. Um, Andy Reid was recently on 610 and, and noted that uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire reminds him a lot of you. And I, I was wondering how you would feel about that and, and what are the challenges for a rookie back that's going to be expected probably to, to step in right, right away here? Well, if Coach said that, I'm going to take that as the highest of compliments because he's a, <laughs> a lot quicker than me and can do a whole lot more than what I did coming out. But I will say this, uh, the kid's got a great look about himself. He works hard. He takes a tremendous amount of pride in everything that he does. He's in there with a good group. Coach Dillon's doing a hell of a job of getting those guys going. You know what? It's just a day-to-day deal, play-by-play. We just want to make sure that he's absorbing all the information, and then he can go out and process it and make it happen. But right now, so far, so good. Let's go to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Eric, how are you doing today? Doing good. Adam, how are you doing? You in the car, good. huh? Yeah, yeah, right outside practice here. <laughs> there you go. Um, uh, another question about Edwards Hilaire. Just what, what, what are your thoughts on him after seeing him two days in pads now? And also uh, your thoughts on that hit he took from Frank Clark along the sideline during practice. <laughs> hey, that's football. Welcome back. Uh, hey, Frank got him. He tagged him a little bit. Welcome to uh, the rookie in. Hey, that, that's part of the game. But I will say this, uh, it's been good watching him, you know, the past two days. And every day has been a learning process. Uh, the biggest thing that I tell all the guys, regardless if it's Clyde, okay, or somebody that's down the line, we want all our guys to go out there and play hard and play fast and have a sense of urgency. If he makes a mistake, it's okay. We'll correct it. The thing that we want to do is just eliminate the mistakes moving forward. But right now, he seems to be doing a good job. Like I said, Coach Dillon's doing a heck of a job with him. And those backs have, have, have loved him up. They're getting him going, and everybody's moving in the right direction. Let's go to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Coach, thank you for the time. A uh, couple things. One, no preseason. As an offensive coordinator, what do, what do you lose uh, by not having the preseason? What are you guys going to have to overcome there? And then does, uh, you know, how far behind, if at all, are you guys as far as, I know you always have new wrinkles every year. Are you behind on any of the new installs? 
Well, first of all, Serena, it's good seeing you. And, yeah, good uh, to see you, Coach. <laughs> I will say this. Uh, with it not being any uh, preseason games, I will say this. The process is right where it needs to be. This is just like a college setting. The only thing that we're doing, we're just mentally and physically getting our guys ready to make sure that they're good to go on day one. Now, the beauty of everything is that we've had time throughout the offseason to hit a lot of Zoom meetings with our guys, okay? Then as, the, as we started training camp with all the walkthrough work, yeah, we would have wanted to go and, and, and play fast and do all that, but we've given our guys an opportunity to absorb a lot of information. In fact, we may be behind physically because we physically just haven't had the, the groundwork to do, but mentally our guys are doing a heck of a job. Now, would you love to go out there and have an opportunity to see these rookies uh, play in the preseason game? Yes, we would, but it's unfortunate that we're living in this circumstance, but we're going to make the, the most of this opportunity that's being presented. We're just going to continue to chop wood every single day. Let's go to Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach, always a pleasure to see you there. I'm out here in the parking lot with Adam, so that's why we're out in the cars. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Another CEH question, and actually I have two questions for you. With, with Edward Zolaire, we know he worked out with Patrick Mahomes during the offseason. How, how beneficial do you think that's been for him after you've, you've seen those two, uh, with, with the way they've worked together over these last two days. And secondly, how do you think the, the, the running backs behind him are working out and, and as you go through this process? Well, just like anything and everything, we talk about this is these guys need to develop a chemistry. Uh, I'm not aware of how much they spent time together this offseason, but if they did, I know uh, that helps because they get to work together and do some things uh, to start – talking about what needs to be done and how we're going to do it. But the thing that I love about it is just the communication factor that takes place in our meetings because when we're watching film together as a group. I mean, we're, we're always encouraging our guys to, to talk amongst each other. That way guys are being held accountable, but also, too, they understand exactly where they fit within the concept of the pass scheme that we're talking about. Now, as far as the, the other running backs, all those guys are competing. we got a very, very good group. Coach Dillon doing a heck of a job with those guys. And, uh, I mean, one thing I love about them, I think with the exception of uh, Daryl Williams, hell, I can, all, I can look all of them in the eye. So that's, that's a plus. <laughs> Go to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Uh, hello, Eric. Uh, also up, in the parking lot. Um, I got two questions for you. Uh, a couple of guys, even Tedrick Thompson yesterday, acknowledged that Andy Reid's training camps are usually more grueling than the average NFL training camp. You've been with Andy uh, since you guys have been in Kansas City. Just why do you feel like you guys uh, are best at equipping and preparing guys in training camp that maybe are above what most teams do, maybe even in your experience as an NFL player. And then secondly, uh, with the guard situation, having Andrew Wiley back healthy, uh, introducing Osimile to the system, just what have you seen from those two guys through the first two days of padded practice? Well, first of all, training camp has always been tough. I remember as a player in 99, that was probably one of the toughest camps that I've ever been through. But you have to understand that coach has a way of doing things where we're going to mentally, where we're going to physically challenge our guys, but also mentally challenge them to be at their best. So we can hit their, We can hit a stride going into the season, being ready and prepared to play. So that's what makes the training camp challenging because we want our guys to make sure 
When we kicked this season off, we didn't leave any stone unturned or anything behind. We want to make sure that we're game ready. Now, with the guard situation, I tell you what, hats off to, to the doctor, you know. That's an admirable, uh, admirable decision that he made, the ultimate respect. Uh, with the new guys coming on, like I said, these guys, are they're learning. They're processing the information. Uh, they're doing a great job of competing, and they're working hard, and that's important. Now, the thing about it, you know, with Wiley back in there, all these guys are finding their rhythm and their chemistry together. If anything, we just need that growth to continue within that room, and it'll work itself out as we continue to go through a canning, training camp. All right, guys, we've got time for a couple more. Let's go Sam and then uh, Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Eric, hope all's well. What's going um, on? <laughs> not a lot. Just to follow up on that guard question, uh, with Andrew Wiley specifically, obviously he had battled some injuries last year and lost his spot. What's your confidence level if, if he's got to be the guy again this year? And um, just, just a second question on, on Patrick. I know that he's a guy that even though he won the Super Bowl, wants to get better. Is there something specific that you guys have targeted in this year's training camp? Well, here's the thing about Wiley. You know, Wiley played a lot of productive snaps for us over the years. Uh, he had a setback last year, but things happen. The thing that we love about Riley is that he's never stopped competing. So he's constantly competing. He's back in the lineup. Now it's about making sure that he can sustain a high level of play throughout the course of training camp and into the season. So right now, all of those guys are competing. And one thing that we do know, okay, uh, we're going to need all those guys when it's all said and done with. So we want to make sure that all of our guys are maximizing the opportunities and the reps that are presented to them so we can be productive moving forward. Now with Pat, Pat's, and I'll say this, kudos to Pat. He's done a heck of a job. He's had a great career so far. But you guys have been around him. You know him. He's a competitive prick, okay? He's a great kid, but he's a competitive prick. He wants to improve at everything he possibly can improve upon. He wants to be the best at whatever he can do. And along the way, he wants to make sure that he's leading the guys. He wants to be held accountable by his peers, but also too, he just wants to work. And that's what you love about uh, being around him every single day. Let's go to Matt Derrick to close us out. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, good morning, coach. Good to see you. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, it's said with offensive linemen that, you know, snaps and reps are critical to just improving and getting better. What does a guy like Lucas Niang miss out on as a rookie you know, as far as that goes in development-wise with opting out this year? Well, first of all, let's just make sure we're, we're being fair to Lucas. Let's just say this. Lucas opted out for whatever reason and hats off, you know, and kudos to him. Now, you have to admire his, uh, his decision. And when he comes back, we'll welcome him back with open arms. Uh, obviously, he loses reps. He loses a lot of experience just because he gets to sit in that room with Coach Heck, who does a heck of a job with all of our offensive linemen uh, and Corey Matei. But the thing that he's going to miss out more than anything is just having an opportunity just to absorb that information. Yeah, you want to go out there and work through it. But more than anything, just the knowledge that's going to be presented because of the, the vets that we have in the building now. I mean, we got KO here. You got Fish. You got Schwartz. You got Ryder. Uh, we got Mike Rimmers. You know, we got a lot of valuable guys who can pass on a, a great deal of knowledge. So he's missing out on that. But I do know this. When he comes back next year, 
we'll be waiting on him and he'll be ready. Coach, we appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you. Thank you. You guys take care. Hey, Tyreek, thanks for taking some time with us. Uh, I had two quick questions for you. Um, first, when it comes to your, your tracking ability, I, I just think it goes a little bit under talked about. And I was wondering mm-hmm. how over the years you really developed a knack for that. And that becomes important with, with Mahomes and the long ball. And right. Second, with no preseason games, who's your favorite Chiefs DB to go against? And why do you think that best prepares you? Well, I feel like as far as tracking for me, I feel like um, I played baseball growing up um, in and out of Pee Wee, and I played center field. So I was able to track the ball um, really well. You know, um, obviously, you know, I got the speed to like um, um, to um, keep up with the ball. But I feel like God just blessed me, you know, able to play like numerous sports, playing baseball, playing kickball, football, whatever the case may be, catching alley-oops on a basketball hoop, whatever the case may be, you know, so I've always been able, you know, to um, have that gift of, of uh, track, tracking the ball. And as far as DBs and offseason going against DBs, I mean, I love all of them. You know, I feel like all of them, you know, are fun to go against Tyron, Breland, um, Traverius, all of them, um, all of them love to compete, you know, so iron, iron sharpens iron. So I love it. Let's go to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. It's already good to see you, man. Um, I have two questions for you as well. Okay. The way that camp is starting this year, um, uh-huh. just where do you feel like you and Pat can improve your guys' connection on the field, given this is now your, you know, your third year together mm-hmm. in the offense? And then secondly, um, because of the wide receivers that are behind you, just uh-huh. where do you feel like your leadership is most needed at this particular point in your career? Well, as far as time, and I feel like that'll come, you know, um, when it comes and that's just reps over time. So, I mean, that's why we're here in training camp, you know, to get those reps, to get those situations and, and um, to get those big moments, you know, so I feel like all of that have come with time. And as far as my leadership, I feel like if I go out there every play and I push myself and I become more of a vocal leader for those younger guys, you know, they'll like, they'll see that, Hey, you know, this guy is the fastest guy in the NFL, you know, he works hard. You know, so I want to be able to come into this offense and do the same thing, you know, and it all and and um, all of it and um, all of it, it uh, applies to the classroom, too. So when we watching one on ones, you know, I'm helping them, like telling them what I think they could have done better in this situation. So, I mean, I want everybody to be better, you know, because my job isn't secure. You know, I come out here every day, you know, working hard, you know, like you said, trying to be that leader for everyone. You know, because, I mean, I feel like our, like our group makes this offense go. So, I'm going to continue to work hard. Let's go to Aaron Ladd. Go ahead, Aaron. Hey, appreciate the time here, Tyreek. On a lighter note, I think this is the first time we've gotten you since that viral video went out of a high schooler maybe getting a, a catch over you. Maybe you can give us a contact behind that and maybe, uh, uh, maybe if you got any jabs in the locker room about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, guys tease with me all the time about that, man. But the good thing about me is I'm all about spreading positivity. You know, I'm real happy for the kid, you know, who went up and made the Odell type play, you know. So, I mean, kudos to him, you know. So, I mean, hopefully, I mean, he takes that moment, you know, and um, he uses it to um, get him where he needs to go in life. So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy I was able to, to be on Sports Center. 
everything, every social media outlet you can think of, I was on, you know, to bring, you know, smile and just joy for, for that kid and his family. So I'm really thankful for that. Let's go to Herbie. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Ty, appreciate the time, obviously. Uh, a couple months ago, you had mentioned that you were looking forward to working with uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And, and so I'm, I'm curious, after two days of padded practices, what are your impressions of him? And then lastly, uh, when's the rematch against Nicole Hardman? Uh, you know, with Clyde, I mean, I'm really impressed. You know, um, he comes in, he's a very quiet dude. He works hard and he fits right in um, with his offense. You know, I feel like with, with um, over time, you won't even be able to tell he's a rookie, you know, because he works that hard. And um, he wants to get better. And um, he's always asking questions about, hey, I mean, Reek, what do you think about this? What, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I really like Clyde. I mean, and as far as the race with McCole, I, I feel like right now I ain't racing nobody. I'm, I'm retiring for a minute, man. I feel like I already – I feel like I, I already left my mark on that, you know? So I already solidified my, myself as the fastest, baby. Come on, man. Stop playing with me. All y'all stop playing with me. All 60 of y'all. If y'all want to race me, I'm right here. Let's go. Now let me stop. Uh, let's go to Harold Coons. Go ahead, Harold. If you want to race, I'll race. Sorry, I don't care. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't right now, man. <laughs> hey, I wanna, uh, we were just listening to Eric Bieniemy, and he called Patrick Mahomes, and I'm quoting him correctly here, a competitive prick. Uh, do you kind of agree with, with that terminology? And also another uh, question. Uh, I, you know what? I have no idea what he meant by prick, but I will say Pat loves to compete, you know, in each and every opportunity that we get to go against the defense he wants to win. You know, it don't matter the situation. It don't matter whatever it is. He always wants to win, and he always, you know, brings the best out of each and every one of us. You know, so that's what I love about Pat. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're me, Kelsey, or – fish or whoever the case may be. I mean, he's going to give you that extra fuel that you need to continue going. It don't matter if we on play 10 and everybody's on their knees dead tired. He's still, guys, come on, come on, come on, I need you. So that's the thing you got to love about Pat. All right, guys, we've got time for a couple more. Uh, let's go to Darren. Go ahead, Darren. Hey, Tyreek, how you doing this morning? I'm good. A uh, couple questions for you. How serious were you? Excuse me. Regarding training for the Olympics, uh, uh, running a hundred, uh, uh, and I have a second question, but I'll let you answer that first. You know, I was real serious about it. You know, I feel like, I mean, I'm in the, I'm going into the prime of my career, and I'm feeling stronger than ever. You know, so I was real serious about it. You know, um, I was in talks with my track coach from high school. You know, and um, it was a real serious thing for me. You know, because I feel like I can compete with with some of those guys at least. You know, I, I, I mean, I feel like I can at least place. I may not win, but I'm at least placed with those guys. So that's how I feel. Is that is that something that is still an option for you uh, since the Olympic Games have been pushed to next year, and it will be after the season for you? And then also, uh, but but then also, who would you compare this championship team to? Obviously, with the type of players that you have uh, coming back and the stars on both sides of the field. Steve and I were kind of talking about it yesterday. I would compare you all to the Dallas Cowboys of the 90s with that type of uh, team, both offense, defense, and special teams. Would you agree with that assessment, or, or, or who would you all – or who would you compare yourselves to team-wise uh, for a championship team looking to go back and repeat? I don't know, man. I feel like – I mean, I don't like comparing – I know me. I don't like comparing myself to no no other player, so – 
I feel like with this team, you can't compare us to nobody, you know, because everyone's different, you know. I mean, every player is different. Every coach is different. And every organization is different, you know, because uh, we think different. So I feel like you just can't compare us to anyone, you know. We, we just a 20, the 2019, 2020 Kansas City Chiefs who won a Super Bowl, you know, who's, who's going to want to continue to win and get better, you know. So that's who we are. We don't want to we don't want to follow in anyone's footsteps, you know, but but I will say, you know, we do want to pay homage to the to the great teams who came before us because we know there were there were some great teams, you know. So but I feel like we just don't want to compare ourselves to anyone, you know. All right, let's go to Sarin for the final one. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh, Tyreek, thanks for the time. Uh, a couple yes, things. Sir, Number you. one. Uh, what do you what do you think you guys miss or you personally maybe your room will miss by not having preseason? And last year, one of the things when you really burst onto the scene, you know, you were running the ball a lot out of the backfield, taking the handoffs, and right. You seem to kind of get away from that. Do you miss that? Do you enjoy that uh, part of your game? Uh, what do you mean by what what will we miss in our receiver room? Yeah, just by not having the preseason games, because like I'll tell you flat out, what I'm getting at is I think most of you guys would say we don't miss anything. Right. Like we're thrilled that we don't have these these games. And so I'm wondering if, if that's the case and it doesn't really matter for at least the veteran guys uh, to, to not be having these preseason games. And then I mean, the part about running the ball. I mean, you can go tit for tat with that. But if we getting like if we going deep into it, what do I miss? You know, like everything is so different this year, man, with the COVID rules and just separating guys, you know, so. The meeting rooms are kind of different. You know, last year, you know, guys were able to, to like, laugh and play and joke and pull all kind of tricks, where this year is guys are, like, separated and you got to respect the guidelines and stuff. So, I mean, if, 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 if I would say that what any of us would miss, it will be that, you know, just team bonding and just, you know, playing around with each other, horse playing in, in the meeting rooms and stuff, joking on each other and stuff like that. What, and what was your last question? It was about uh, not, last year the team kind of got away from giving you the ball in the running game. You, you'd done a lot of that your first couple of years, and last year you didn't get as many carries. Do you, you like that part? Is that by design? Do you miss that? Man, it is what it is, man. Whatever, whatever the team need me to do. If the team need me to go out there and be a decoy 100 times, that's what I'll do, you know? So, I mean, I'm just thankful for being a part of this team. Um the process, just everything that comes along with it. So I'm a team player, and that's what I'm going to live by, you know, because I've never been a part of a winning team in my life. So just being a part of this team and just what Coach Reed, you know, has taught me and the brothers I've met on this journey is just amazing. So I'm really thankful for that. Tyreek, we appreciate your time. I took that tater, though. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Tyreek. Appreciate you. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. 
And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You just heard from Eric Bieniemy and Tyree Kill, and now we turn the page to the defensive side of the football. Here's defensive end Alex Okafor. Well, I mean, it was incredible. It was an incredible experience just watching our team fully develop and become what we all knew that we could become, especially defensively. I know we started off a little rough, uh, a little rough at the beginning, but I think everybody knew that we'd come along and fully develop, and we did that at the right time last year. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to join that unit and uh, keep it going. Let's go to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Alex, uh, a couple things here. Uh, number one, I'm curious uh, for a veteran, what do you think you miss, if anything, right, by not having preseason games? Or is it uh, really a bunch of smiles amongst you veterans that you don't have to go out there? And then uh, number two, and I asked this of Andrew Wiley, you know, on the line, you guys have got to go nose to nose, helmet to helmet, face to face. I know everyone's got kind of their own opinion of, of what risks are out there for the COVID, uh, what your thoughts are about that and, and your confidence and in, in, in how things are going to be done. That you're gonna uh, okay. Referring to the first question uh, for vets like me, we're loving it, man. Um, less miles on the body, less days in pads, shorter days. So, I mean, this is, this is excellent for me. Um, I will say vice versa for younger guys, rookies, undrafted guys with no preseason games, you don't really have, games to show what you can do. I know some guys are guys that show up on game day and you don't have that opportunity to do that. You have to make all your noise here at practice and still that might not even be enough. So that's an unfortunate situation for them. But uh, a guy like me, I'm, I'm loving it. Um, in terms of the risk being on the line of scrimmage with COVID, I think we all know what we're signing up for with this thing. All we can do is trust in the testing process and, and trust that, you know, everybody's being honest, everybody's being transparent, and that everybody is getting tested and doing what they need to do once they go home and staying away from everybody. As long as everybody's on the same page and is just honest about where they're at, what they're doing, the testing process, all that, we can kind of limit and contain you know, the exposure we have. But there's no denying that us being on that line of scrimmage, we're the most susceptible to everything. Let's go to Harold Coons. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Alex. Hope you're doing well, man. Well, I'm doing good. Good, man. Hey, um, obviously with this uh, restructured contract you had going in, a few other people have done that. Just It kind of speaks to the overall excitement of you guys just being together on the same unit. And then speaking of your unit with the defensive line, of course, Chris Jones back, Frank Clark already back. How excited you guys are, and Chris Jones talks about Sack Nation, how excited are you guys to just kind of gobble up a lot more sacks this year that you guys got a pretty formidable group going? It's got to be more exciting, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, those guys, I mean, they, they were incredible last year. Between Chris, Frank, guys like Damone, TK, all those guys that came in, Colin, Big Mike, we have an exceptional, exceptional room. And I think everybody just loves playing for one another. That's one of our biggest strengths. As far as I'm concerned, I missed the last couple games plus the playoff run. I, I got a lot of, I got a lot of uh, room to make up. Um, I got to join these guys, and I got to be effective once I get out there, and I'm looking forward to that. They've already paved the way, and I'm just trying to add my little flair, my little flavor to it. So. Let's go to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hello, Alex. Um... I have two questions here from you for you from the uh, parking lot here. Mm -hmm. I, I know that you were starting to play your best football right before your injury. You had a sack 
against the Patriots, and obviously you had a sack in the game against the Broncos. Um, because you have the unique perspective of sort of being a part of the uh, statistical improvement and then seeing it from uh, being injured, why do you feel like you guys made such a leap in the second half of the season from your perspective? And what gives you confidence that if guys stay healthy like yourself, why you guys may either sustain that to open this unique season or even, in fact, improve on it because you're going into year two with the, with the same coaching staff? Right, right, right. I think um, a lot of that has to do with just learning and developing in the scheme. Um, with Whenever you teach a scheme, whenever you install a scheme, there's a bunch of X's and O's, and there's a blackboard way of doing it. And everybody just memorizes that blackboard way of doing it. But when whenever you take that next step as a defense, you learn the caveats of the defense. So you learn what this defense is susceptible to. You learn the proper technique within this scheme. And I think that's what we started to do further down the line. It wasn't just about X's and O's. That It was about X's and O's at the beginning. Right. As we kept going down the line, I think we all learned how to really work within the scheme, and that's how we took the next step. We've got time for a couple. And then secondly, uh, Alex, just, just why do you feel like uh, you guys may sustain it or just improve on that defense just because of what you guys have done? Uh, we haven't lost any guys. I know. I know we lost Kendall, and I'm I'm happy for him. But other than that, man, we haven't lost anybody. So there's there's no reason for us not to take that next step. And uh, I think we're all on the same page in thinking that. We got time for a couple more guys. We're gonna go Herbie and then Seren. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Alex. Good to see you, man. Herb, what's up, baby? Hey, nothing much. Hey, two yeah. questions here for you. Uh, on the subject of sacks, mm -hmm. a couple years ago you worked with a good one in Cam Jordan. This year mm -hmm. you've got. Or, or the last two seasons, Chris Jones and Frank Clark. And I'm curious, what do they do off the field that, that makes them – that sets them apart for what they're able to do on the field? And, Brad, I want to follow up with that. Yeah. Um, just some things that I see within those guys. Um, they're always looking to take their game to the next level, whether that's finding something by watching tape, whether that's, you know, finding something off the field to, to help for them recover quicker – or something, but they're always trying to take that next step and they're always want to be greater. Whenever they watch guys on TV and guys have a big game, you can just see them itch a little bit like, okay, I got to step up a little bit more. And that's what you see in the great guys. And on the subject of sack as well, from the time you break the huddle, because you, know, you can get after the quarterback as well, but from the time you break the huddle and you line up, take me through the steps in your mind, the process of getting a sack. Mm -hmm. What do you look for? The process of getting a sack? Yes. Okay, so when we're breaking the huddle, first thing you do, you got to recognize the formation. For the D-line, it's mostly backfield sets, and if you got a tight end in front of you, okay, I don't have a tight end. All right, it's a four-open formation, most likely pass. Let me look at the tackle's foot. If there's something within the tackle's foot that gives away pass, okay, I'm pinning my ears and I'm getting after the quarterback. Next thing, you got to have a move in mind, and you do that from watching film, seeing what type of moves they're susceptible to. All right, I got this move in mind, then snap. You look at a set, if it's the right set, the move, in, the move you had in mind, you execute it. If it's a different set, you work your counter move, and that's kind of the thought process, play in, play out. Let's go to Sarin for the last one. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh, Alex, going back to what you were talking about uh, with your answer when I asked you about uh, the risks that are there with COVID, you, you mm -hmm. talked about trust in your fellow players and everything. Mm -hmm. You know, we saw in Seattle a uh, young player got cut. He was trying to sneak, uh, you know, uh, a young lady in uh, mm -hmm. to the – facility and everything. We've also heard in the NBA, there's a quote snitch line, right? Mm, right that that right, you right. call, you know, yeah. I, I know everybody, you know, there's the code of the road and everybody wants mm. to have everybody's back, but 
kind of having each other's back is different now, right? It's not maybe about covering a guy's misstep because his misstep could cost people's health. I'm just, what conversations have you guys had about that and how it is maybe different looking out for each other is, is really different this year. Yeah. Um, I just think, I just think the leaders in the room have to step up. Um, just with this, with the pandemic going on right now, some guy, everybody's getting affected differently by this thing. And that's what makes it so hard to contain. Um, but I just think the leaders in the room have to be cognizant of the mindset of the room. You got to make sure that the younger guys are, the younger guys know that they're putting other guys at risk. And that's the biggest thing. It's not just about yourself. Not only can you catch it, but you're putting other guys at risk as well, even if you're not being affected by it. And that's the biggest thing that everybody has to understand. Alex, we appreciate the time today. Thank you. No doubt. I appreciate you. Hey, Andrew. Good to see you, man. You too, Matt. Hey, you know, last year, you seemed to have such terrible luck with the injuries and getting rolled on a couple of times. How tough was that last year just navigating through all that, especially at the end of the season when, you know, you kind of you had to watch the team make that playoff run? Yeah, you know, it was hard, but, you know, we got an excellent training staff. They got me right. Um, but, you know, as you know, I came I came back healthy, you know, and I was healthy for playoffs. But, you know, the team was rolling. The the uh, the line was really clicking, um, you know, but it was great to watch my brothers go out there and win the Super Bowl and have all those great playoff wins. But, uh, you know, I'm ready to get out there and do it myself this year. Go to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Andrew. Um, just to just to build on the end of that, uh, I mean, what is sort of the motivation coming into this camp for you specifically? When because I, I think that this team is is looking for guys that that maybe are hungry that didn't get that taste last year, at least on the field. Do you feel like you've got a little bit extra motivation just because you weren't able to actually be on the field during that Super Bowl run? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's I mean. You know, my main goal is to play a full season, you know, and then to make it, you know, all the way through playoffs. Um, you know, we got some really great competition, too, this year uh, on the interior O-line that, uh, that also makes it, uh, you know, really motivating, too. Let's go to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Andrew. Um, because you were able to get a different perspective in the playoffs last year, despite, like you said, being back healthy, I just wonder what you gained from it, whether mentally, emotionally, uh, that you can maybe use for this season, seeing the journey as up close as anybody can on the team. And then secondly, because you're back and because you're healthy, uh, how much of just understanding the offense better can help you in understanding what maybe Pat wants from the guard position and how the offensive line may come together in camp? Yeah, you know, I was up close and personal, um, you know, the whole second half of that season. And I did, I got a, you know, real nice perspective on it all, um, you know. I mean, I think everyone everyone knows this. You know, you can't count us out. You know, no matter how many points we're down, and uh, you know, I just got to see firsthand the re the resiliency of this team. Um, and then, you know, as far as Pat wants uh, and knowing the offense, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is year four for me. Um, you know, year three in this offense, uh, so I know it very well. Um, you know, I'm able to move fast, do my job, and uh, you know, it, you know, it falls on the interior line. Um, you know, in, in regards to Patty, you know, just uh, setting the depth of the pocket. You know, the tackles handle the width, so. Um, I know how he uh, likes to – I know I know what he wants, the looks he wants. He'll send us in the right direction, and uh, we'll get it done. Let's go to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Thanks for the time, Andrew. I I'm curious, you know, for, for the big guys, right, your, your normal game, you're going to be face-to-face -face with an opponent. We're all living in this COVID world. Everybody kind of has a different view. Everybody has a different view of what their risks are. I'm just curious, what, what are your thoughts about, you know, playing the, the, along the spot where you guys really 
are maybe the most vulnerable based upon the, the what we do know about this virus. Yeah, you know, um, there's a lot of, you know, close contact there in the trenches, um, you know, but I think, uh, you know, the plan that the NFLPA, and, you know, and all the organizations have in place is a real good one, you know, and it's working uh, very well for us here, um, here in Kansas City. So, um, you know, I think the precautions are in place, um, you know, and I, I'm, I'm very comfortable, um, you know, getting down in the trenches. Let's go to Matt and Derek. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, I'm curious about how your offseason was. I mean, you know, as, as an offensive lineman, so much of what you usually do is hands-on. So I was just curious, you know, what did you work on this year? Where do you want to be better this year? And um, what, what, were the, what was the virtual training like for you? Um, yeah, you know, it was definitely a very unique, uh, unique offseason for sure. Um, you know, I just – I had to mainly just focus, uh, you know, on just, uh, you know, keeping my uh, conditioning um, in place, you know, right at the – right on my apartment complex, you know, running into the park and, uh, you know, just using, uh, you know, a few uh, kettlebells I have, med balls and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I was able to do as much stuff as I could on my own, you know, taking pass sets, run sets, taking the right footwork um, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it was definitely uh, weird, uh, you know, not having OTAs, uh, you know, and, and be able to put your hands, you know, on someone else. Um, but, uh, but it was all right. All right, we've got a couple more. Let's go Pete Sweeney and then Seren. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Andrew, thanks for taking some time. Um, I was curious now with both guard positions sort of open here, do you happen to have a preference uh, as far as right guard versus left guard? And if the answer is no, um, what's the key to versatility there? And then I just was wondering, we're going to get Alex Okafor today. I go, what's challenging about going up against a healthy Alex Okafor? Yeah, you know, um, you know, I'll go wherever uh, Coach Heck puts me. You know, wherever he feels I play the best at, you know, that's where I'm going to play. Um, so ultimately, it's up to him. I'm comfortable at both. Um, you know, and I got some starts under my belt at both. And, uh, you know, blocking Alex Okafor is, uh, you know, it's something we take very serious here. You know, that's, uh, that's no joke when he's coming off the edge. Um, so, yeah, when he's healthy, he's humming. You know, and, uh, you know, he's a very skilled player. Let's go to Sarin to close us out. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh, I'm curious. I don't think any of us were, were necessarily shocked, right, when LDT decided to, uh, to opt out. If you if you have that kind of drive to go through med school and and do that, I think we all knew that that was going to happen at some point. I'm curious. Did did you guys have any more of an idea? Had you talked to him? Did he say he was kind of wrestling with the decision? Um, it's kind of kind of like uh, you said. You know, we had that you know general vibe. Um, you know, because he's doing you know something pretty spectacular. Um, you know to the north and um you know he's doing a very good job um you know he's uh he's just that type of guy you know he's uh really devoted to his craft and you know i can't imagine how hard this decision was for him you know having to pick between you know your two loves um but you know he's doing real well um you know because he was with us for otas you know on uh you know on webex and uh you know we'd uh never really went in depth about his choice but you know i let him know once he made it that you know i was super proud of him very happy for him and you know i know he's happy with it as well Andrew, we appreciate the time today. Thank you. All right. Thanks, B-Rad.